Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Uh, so the uh, the school year's over, and every year around this time of year, we all had the same conversations about stress and, and the type of schedule the kids keep, and is it necessary, and what are we doing to our kids' mental health and physical health, and all that. Uh, we'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Tony Richardson, a freelance education consultant. Uh, Tony has been an educational specialist for over 35 years, teaching and research, uh, etc., consulting in the Sunshine Coast uh, Center for International Development, Social Entrepreneurship, and Leadership. He is also working with the uh, University of Southern Queensland and Queensland University, and currently working uh, throughout Asia, especially in Cambodia, uh, working with them on the future of their educational system. Tony, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. And um, I enjoyed the uh, uh, the conversation you two had previously at cars, etc., in Australia. Yeah, very, um, very. You, do you do a lot of driving, Tony? You you must, right? You got a car. You drive everywhere. Oh, look. Um, I used to initially work uh, at a place called uh, Mount Isa, which was um, seven hours. Uh, in from Townsville, and we would regularly drive to Townsville from Mount Isa um, over the weekend and come back to school on Monday just to go um, have a day a day out at the casino. So yes, um, <laughs> that's the difference, right Australia there. Australia and Queensland. Day out of the casino. I, I'm ready for that right now. <laughs> well, Tony, tell us about education. You've done so much research and, and you're, you're doing all kinds of things around the region. You know, you know, in Asia, we, we have a very particular kind of educational challenge and educational system, especially here in Singapore. But to start off, tell us what you're doing in Cambodia uh, and, and what, the, what the scenario is there that, that you're working with with their educational system. Okay. Um, well, I mean, in a nutshell, um, the, the essence of it is that, um, and again, being on your radio station is quite uh, quite good because it's it's about financial literacy, and um, it's an understanding uh, by the uh, the World Bank and also uh, the Asian Bank that it's very important for to understand the concepts of financial literacy, and so what we've been doing um, within the, within the framework of our work is been we've been working with the um, National Bank of Cambodia, the Ministry of Education um, of Cambodia, and we've been developing future resources uh, that can be used um, in schools to assist uh, teachers and students in um, learning about financial literacy and how important financial literacy is, but most significantly integrating that into their current curriculum. So what that means is that when you do maths or when you do social studies or when you do life skills, et cetera, um, it also incorporates element of financial literacy and it's not just simply left to, um, you know, learning about maths. maths. Uh, I mean, that's probably the, probably the thing that people look, think about most. It's about a whole – it's a lifestyle. It's about understanding uh, behaviours, et cetera. Mm. When you say uh, financial literacy, what, what do you mean specifically, Tony, and how would it maybe differ in Cambodia and Southeast Asia teaching financial literacy as, say, it would in Australia? Okay. Um, that's a very good question. The, the, challenge is that we, we, the challenges that you normally face in, in sort of places like Cambodia, um, uh, Laos, Laos um, et cetera, is that the fact that the... Um, level of, of um, uh, language capacity for a start. Mm. And so when you talk about financial literacy, what you're talking about is, is trying to create the necessary understanding for children 
about, you know, practical uh, matters. So that, like, um, understanding concepts uh, like money management, for example, um, if you have to go to the bank and, and you want to um, uh, borrow some money, like, yeah, sorts of things, being aware of, of um, um, interest rates, uh, sort of concepts that I guess are, are things that, that, that young people need to know because in relation to, as you said before, like buying a car, you buy a car worth $200,000. Well, most people um, who I know uh, don't pay cash that much for a car. They have to go through a process of how they can get that money, et cetera. So it's trying people, particularly young people, how to manage their money and how to go about getting hold of money without really, at the end of the day, being, for a better word, cheated by people who are, who are um, unscrupulous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the challenges in those sorts of areas, of course, are the fact that, um, you know, in Southeast Asia in particular, there are, there are different levels of, of, uh, of education. Um, and you'd be aware, like, you know, if you could to compare, for example, say, Singapore to Cambodia or to Vietnam or, or to Indonesia um, or to Australia, there's all different um, levels uh, of, of um, capacity, the students, the resources that are about to provide these sorts of things. Tony, the, when we look across Asia, we can't ignore culture. And many of the countries here have the, the Confucian background when it comes to education, where the teacher is really above all. You know, the teacher is a small, small letter G God in, in the classroom. And, and the students learn respect, which is a good thing. But there is also this notion of their, to question a teacher or to question a certain things they say is not as accepted as it might be in the West. Uh, do, first of all, do you see that as a challenge, as a problem or an opportunity? Um, is there something good about that that can be learned from? Or in the modern educational context, do we need more experiential, more collaborative ways of learning and teaching our students about the future world that they're inheriting? Again, that's a good question because there's a lot of focus in relation to student-centred learning. So what you were talking about, there was a teacher-centred learning and so therefore the teacher is the, the fountain of all knowledge and they're the provider of information and 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 um, whatever the teacher has to say, the students just simply wrote, learn and, and write it down. Now, in the that's existed in the education system over the last 200 years, that's been a fairly effective way of ensuring that education is being transferred. But we have, and it's a, a challenge, I guess, is not an issue. The challenge is how do we now change that in relation to ensuring that that particular model, which really is not going to be successful in teaching students in the 21st century and beyond. So the, the Confucius model has been a very successful model in relation to how able to... to um, um, develop and, and maintain a level of, of conformity and a, le- and a level of, of, uh, of education mm. across many Southeast Asian or Asian countries. But I think that, that as, a, as, as people think, uh, are required to think more as individuals and, be, and are mm. required to be able to, be required to make decisions themselves outside of the collective, it becomes more challenging. And I, I I, what you're talking about is, a, is of great interest to me because um, currently there's some colleagues and myself have been working on a, um, um, a teaching model which is, which is to the current models that have taken place and, and we call our model um, assessment to learning mm-hmm. and it, it, 
it focuses very much on the applications of form assessment. So in, in the processes that you said previously in relation to the teacher-centred model, it, it's, it, it mostly looks at what they call formative assessment, which means that the teacher teaches the course so that the students at the end of the course can, can provide some information. And that's not really a good way to go because it creates stress, angst, it creates problems. And what there should be focus on what we call formative assessment, which is where as the student progresses from point A to point B to point C, they acquire knowledge. And as they acquire that knowledge, hopefully their cognitive skills, their thinking capacity increases, which therefore means that they achieve an outcome that really at the day highlights a focus on them being able to value add to their learning and not just simply achieve a result. And that's, I mean, the, the, the crux of what I think with Singapore and, and you know, think, for example, the, look at the PISA results. The PISA results in Singapore are outstanding, great cost. And, and also, too, in relation to how is that achieved in, with regards to the mental stress and mental well-being of mm. the students and, and the parents and also to the, um, the, the future outcome for Singapore. Yeah, that is the balance that we're still grappling with. Absolutely. In this part of the world. And just finally, uh, from me, Tony, you know, COVID, the pandemic, has changed all facets of education, primary, secondary, tertiary, all across the world. What do you think um, a post-COVID education system looks like? It's an interesting interesting question because even though, like, even though COVID has had this impact, right, on, on the world, has it had a discernible impact in Singapore? Here is that that um, you know we looked at delivering online courses to students, and students were at home, and they were being um, taught uh, by teachers via online courses, and online courses were the way to go. And you know universities have gone. Okay, has that has COVID resulted in those changes taking place, whereby? You know, schools, for example, have closed down and they've gone, okay, we're just going to be delivering online courses. So I think that, that we have to be careful in relation to COVID to understand its impact across and not just look at it in the communication was like this. Because the question you have to ask yourself is this, did the impact of COVID and the way in which COVID was addressed educationally-wise was that successful? Very interesting. That is the question. All right, yeah, that uh, absolutely. All right, Tony. Well, hey, thanks for uh, for being with us today on Money FM. Uh, Tony Richardson, Dr. Tony Richardson, education consultant, uh, talking about uh, different uh, styles of education and what's moving forward here across Asia uh, when we look at some of the educational models. Appreciate your time today, Tony. And thank you for your time also and uh, safe. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.